Welcome to Lux's Litter Box. My name is Sean. Each week, my friend Cole and I talk about Davidson sports and A10 basketball. But honestly, it's just a platform for Cole to rant about disc golf. Right now, we're in the middle of the A10 2021 road trip preview. Each week, we talk to a different community member from one of the 14 teams in the A10 about their school. You can check our Twitter, at LLB underscore podcast, to see which week we break down your school. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to the road trip. All right, guys, welcome back to the 2021 A10 road trip. Today, we make one final stop before we turn to the beautiful land of Davidson, North Carolina. We go to a very exciting place. We're going to a location near Olean, New York. We're going to talk about the St. Bonaventure at Bonnie's basketball program today. And today we have a special guest, Jack Mocha. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm doing great, guys. Doing fantastic. Less than a month away from the start of the season and everywhere that bleeds brown and white are beyond excited, including yours truly. So for the people who don't know you, um, what do you do for the A10 community? So I cover the Bonnie's brand talk beat writer for the last couple of years. My day job is I'm working for a law firm in New York City, and I'm also getting my master's in sports journalism from St. Bonaventure. So I've always been a Bonnie's fan, and I've always covered the Bonnie's in the side, and it's a lot of fun doing so. So what was your overall thoughts and reactions to last season? Obviously, very successful, nine seed in the NCAA tournament, A-10 championship, yeah, I'll be honest with you. Last season surprised me. Going into last season, I thought that Bonaventure could finish in the top four of the Atlantic 10 and maybe, maybe go to the NCAA tournament. And obviously, they exceeded those expectations. Um, with five starters, we have Gavlinson, Holes, Welch, Attaway, and Shun. Uh, everybody knew that that core was going to be around for 21-22. So everybody in the back of their minds were thinking, okay, that's going to be the year where Bonaventure can make a run in the NCAA tournament. And last year, they really caught me and a lot of other people by surprise. And I think the best part about the team last year was their defense. They were top 10 in the country in defensive efficiency. They only gave up about 62 points per game. And they were terrific. They played as one cohesive unit. So that was a real welcome sight to see. And now, for this year, hoping that we're not getting too big for our britches here and, and trying to replicate an NCAA tournament run again, I'm just hoping that we can live up to the expectations. So, as you mentioned, St. Bonaventure has five starters returning the season. You got um, Oshun, Kyle Lofton, Dominic Welch, Jalen Attaway, and Jaron Holmes. Of those five, which do you think will step, <clears throat> which do you think stepped up the most or improved the most last season? I personally thought it was Shun. I think Shun's the most important player on the team. When he's in the game, Bonaventure is a much different team. I mean, he's got a 7.8 wingspan. Defensively, he's incredible. And he really took a step forward, I thought, on the offensive end. Developed a great post move down low. He's also starting to get a nice little jumper inside the arc, too. And I'm interested to see if that has developed a little bit more going into next year. But when Shun was in the game last year, the Bonnies were a formidable force. They were terrific. Obviously, Lofton had a terrific year, too. but I just think Shun, obviously winning A-10 Defensive Player of the Year last year, he was the key to success. Obviously, a lot of hype around Shun and Lofton going into next season, specifically with Shun, as you mentioned, last year Defensive Player of the Year. I think in the article that came out today with Matt Norland, had Shun, I think he said something like he was a top 10 center in the league. I think ESPN's top 100 NBA prospects had Shun at 72, right behind Lee from Davidson. 
So definitely, definitely a lot of hype um, in him next year. Yeah, and actually, the Indiana Pacers were in practice today. They had a scout there. I'm assuming they were looking to see what Shun had to offer, but I do know that the Pacers were at Bonas today, so that's pretty cool. That being said, there's a lot of expectations on this season. How do you think this season's going to shape up? Obviously, you almost don't want to put too much pressure on it, just in case something does go awry. But You I end mean, up like Richmond. Yeah, exactly. But- <laughs> yeah, and well, this year is obviously a lot different than last year because of the vaccinations. There's less uncertainty. And now I think we're starting to get back into a regular rhythm of college basketball, which will only help the Bonners. They're so experienced, obviously, starting five seniors. And as opposed to Richmond last year, the multiple COVID pauses, and even St. Louis fell into the strap too, right? The COVID pauses in the middle of the season somewhat derailed their their campaign to try and win the conference and make the NCAA tournament. And I think this year, now that yeah, I'm not going to call the, the pandemic's definitely not over, but we're in a much more stable environment than we are today than we were a year ago. And I think for that reason, that'll help Bonaventure in the non-conference. They've got two games to start against CN and Canisius, both local and state rivals. They should take care of business there. Honestly, if they lose one of those two games, it would be an embarrassment and a lot of heads would be turned. Really important game and really important set of games is going to be in Charleston with for the Charleston Classic, which is five weeks from today, their first games against Boise State. I think if, and I really like to take things one game at a time, right? Just on to the next one, on to the next one. Kind of like the Bill Belichick mentality of we're on to Cincinnati, right? Only worry about what's in front of you. Worry about Charleston first. That's the one big hurdle. And even Mark Schmidt has said multiple times to me, he said it to many of his teams historically, there's three seasons. The first one's a non-conference. The second season's conference. And then there's the postseason. I know I'm kind of all over the place here, but just kind of thinking micro, let's focus on those first two games and then let's focus on Boise State because if Bonaventure wants to have a good reputation going into the NCAA tournament down the road, I think they got to win the Charleston Classic and they are more than capable of doing so. Yeah, and I mean, just speaking on that, you had, you talked about just focusing on basically the next game and the next game, but I mean, that's going to be pretty hard for some of those players, even if they are veteran players to kind of see that buzz around them that, oh, look, this article has us picked 19th in the country. Someone else has us picked 27th, someone else, and everyone has us winning the A-10. And how hard do you think that's going to be for the team to to focus? Or do you think this is going to be, because it's a relatively veteran group, they've got it completely locked down and they'll be good to go? I think it's going to be harder for them than any Bonaventure team historically, just because of the exposure of our current media environment, right? So you and I can talk about Bonaventure basketball on a podcast. We can tweet about it. There are multiple pundits. There are thousands of individuals talking about the Bonnies. And with social media today, there's great exposure. And so that's the talk of the town. That's the talk of the state. That's the talk of the country. That almost in a way creates more pressure for these players. But the caveat is you've got five seniors. They were a Nelson Caputo shot away from going to the NCAA tournament their freshman year in 2019. 2020 season, obviously, it was chaos, and they made the NCAA tournament. They have so much experience under their belts, both highs and lows. I do think they will have the capability to handle the adversity. So just as a little preview, do you want to break down? So we know the five seniors are returning. Do you want to also break down the people that are coming in? Like 
Quadri Adams from Wake Forest, um, some other guys. And then maybe also for people who might not be as big of fans of A-10, maybe briefly touch on uh, those five starters at two and, and the roles that they'll play on that team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Quandry Adams coming from Wake Forest, hopefully he's going to see some time playing behind Kyle or Jaron, for that matter, in the guard position. Kalulabi is a center that comes in from Pittsburgh. Hopefully he's going to give uh, Shun a rest. Uh, actually, I saw on Furl, he had a great tweet today that said that hopefully Kalulabi could come in at the under 12 minute mark and give Shun a, a nice little break because Shun doesn't need to play 35 minutes a game. I think if he can play 30 to 32, that would be ideal for multiple reasons. He has had some nagging injuries in the past. A couple of years ago, he missed part of the non-conference. And that's not to say he's injury prone. I don't believe that at all. But overplaying him could lead to that. And so I think Lullaby could be a nice little uh, backup for Shun. Uh, he's got some experience playing at Pitt. Uh, and then uh, a player who I'm really excited to uh, see is Linton Brown. Uh, he's He's a Juco guard from Florida, and apparently he is lights out from beyond the arc. He shot almost 50% uh, in his Juco season last year, so maybe he's a pick-and-pop player that might see 15 minutes per game coming off the bench. And it'll be nice, hopefully, for Bonaventure to have some depth because last year they were one of the worst teams in the country at bench minutes. So hopefully those three players that I just listed uh, gets to see some ample time. Yeah, I think the official statistic is, I was just reading about it, 9.8% 9.8% literally last in the country and utilizing the bench period. But yeah, I know it would be great to see some, some depth from uh, Bana this year. Right. That's really going to be the key. Obviously there'll be an improvement just from experience, but if anyone was going to say what Bonaventure's biggest weakness last season was, they were going to see the bench. So it seems at least from my perspective that that should be, uh, it should be better this year at least. Absolutely. And, and just to add to that, when Shun would get two early fouls, Bonaventure is a completely different team. So if we can stick in Kulaby in there and and see what he has to offer, and if he's just a, a really nice, solid defensive player, I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. Starting with some more expectation stuff. In the beginning of the offseason, St. Bonaventure, I think in every list I looked, you know, it was top 25 in preseason polls. More lately, I've seen some lists where they're like right on the edge, like 26, 27. Um, St. Bonaventure has not been ranked to my knowledge in AP poll since the early 70s. Do you think that this um, happens in the preseason poll um, this season? I would be surprised if they were not ranked, to be quite honest with you. I could see them being ranked as high as 23 and as low as 25. I think somewhere in that vicinity. Obviously, there's a lot of hype around this team. Every major pundit from around the country is talking about, oh, Mark Schmidt, up and only in bringing all five starters back. That's what everybody's saying. And I think the more awareness that's out there about this team, the better it is for AP writers to submit their ballots and put the bodies in. I don't know if you guys saw this today, but there was an AP writer in North Jersey that ranked the bodies at number 11 in his preseason poll, which is unbelievable and unheard of uh, for Bonaventure basketball. But I, is it potential for them to get that high this year? Absolutely. I don't see why not. But in all seriousness, I do see them kind of at the bottom of the preseason poll. But from where this program was 15 years ago, unbelievable. I, I agree. And I think that if, if and the off chance that they're not ranked, if they're like right in the edge, I think you mentioned they play Siena and, and Canisius the first like few games. So like 
if assuming they win those games, someone in the top 25 could drop out. And then if that's, if that's what someone's focused on, I think they, I think they get there at some point this season for sure. Exactly. I, I would be really surprised if they showed up to Charleston five weeks from today and they did not find themselves in the top 25. So that being said, is there any uh, non-conference matchup that you're really looking forward to? We've mentioned the Charleston classic, obviously that opening game against Boise state, that's going to be a real test and a real opportunity to prove their medal and help bolster their resume a little bit. Is there anything else that really sticks out to you? Yeah, so they have the potential to play West Virginia, as I noted in the tweet earlier today. Uh, West Virginia is on the other side of the bracket in the Charleston Classic, and the ideal scenario would be for Bonaventure to get by Boise State, and then if they beat Boise State, they're going to play the winner of Clemson Temple. excuse me. And those two are solid programs, right? I personally would like to see them play Temple over an old Atlantic 10 rivalry. Mm-hmm. And then if they can get by that, then they're in the championship game in Charleston and the best team on the other side of the brackets, West Virginia. That would give Bonaventure a great test. It could be a potential quad one, quad two game. And that would be amazing. But, but to go back to your question, the two games that I have circled on my calendar, you mentioned Virginia tech. I'm going to step outside the box for a minute. The first game that I have circled in my calendar is Saturday, December 4th. And that game's actually at the Riley center as Bonaventure hosts Buffalo. That's uh, Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo is going to be the best team in the MAC this year. I would be shocked if they didn't return the NCAA tournament. Uh, they've got a player, Jonathan Williams, who's from Rochester, New York. Yours truly is also from Rochester, New York. And he, he's a heck of a player. Bonaventure could have their hands full there. UB is really, really solid. That rivalry has really grown over the past 10 years or so. And that's just going to be a great Saturday matinee at the RC. And it'll give the Bonaventure community – a lot to get fired up about because the RC was empty last year. So I think that's really the first big home game of the season. And then a week later, they come down to Newark and they take on UConn, like you mentioned, um, going by Matt Norlander's rankings that he released earlier today, UConn was the highest ranked opponent that Bonaventure faces in the non-conference. He's got the Husky slated at 33 Bonaventure at 19. So We'll see where they're at come mid-December. Uh, even though uh, UConn lost James Bootnight, they've got a great core, and Danny Hurley knows how to coach. He knows the body, so that's another great game that I have highlighted on the non-conference. Yeah, yeah. And, and then also like the Virginia Tech game, like I had mentioned, is apparently in Charlotte. So I was like, Cole, we should definitely go to that one. Like That's going to be a lot of fun. But unfortunately, it's Christmas break, so we're kind of out of town. So. Oh, you guys should go to that game. because that's, so and, and that's that's the cream of the crop too, right? Virginia Tech is obviously a great program. Uh, Bonaventure, the last time the Bonnies played Virginia Tech was Andrew Nicholson's senior season in 2011-2012. So that'll be nice. Uh, and it's funny because Bonaventure, th- th- this is just goes to show you how far the program has come. So in Western New York, the historic rivalries going way back to the 50s, 60s used to be Bonaventure, Canisius, and Niagara. They refer to those as little three. They've played every year for 100 years. This year on Saturday, December 18th, Niagara invited Bonaventure to play at the Key Bank Center at Buffalo. And Niagara is in the MAC conference, double A MAC, smaller school, hasn't really had some prominence as of late in basketball. And Bonaventure had to say no because they're playing Virginia, because they're playing Virginia Tech instead. And that's just that to me, if if you said that to me even five years ago, that would have been blown away. So it's a it's just a testament to what Mark Schmidt has done in Olean 
it's a testament to how great of a program he's built. And hopefully, hopefully they exceed our expectations. Yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, Mark Schmidt and building the program. Because uh, I, I mean, I'm a little new to A10, not as familiar with the history of Bona. So, so I know there was a, a like kind of a low period in the program right before Schmidt. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how he kind of proved? Yeah, so so Bonaventure went to the NCAA tournament in 2000. They ended up losing to Tyshawn Prince. If you are a Detroit Pistons oh, wow. fan, you love him. They lost to Tyshawn Prince and the Kentucky Wildcats in triple overtime in the 2000 NCAA's. 2003 rolls around. There was a big scandal that really almost shut the university down. It was that bad. Um, there was a player that came in. He did not have the proper credentials to play. He did not have a JUCO degree. Instead, he had a welding certificate. And that resulted in Bonaventure forfeiting losses. They lost scholarships. The president of the university had to resign. The director of athletics was fired. The coach was fired. It was a mess. After 2003, they could not get out of the cellar of the Atlantic 10. Some people even considered that maybe we have to go to D3. And it, it, circumstances were terrible at that point. 2007, they hired a guy named Mark Schmidt out of Robert Morris. And it has just been an unbelievable ride since because I really think what helped Schmidt was when he found the diamond in the rough, and that was Andrew Nicholson. And when Nicholson stepped on campus in 2008 for his freshman year, he was an immediate impact. Nicholson actually tore his ACL in high school. So the big boys like Kentucky or UCLA or all those blue bloods that, frankly, I can't stand because they're blue bloods, overlooked him and Bonaventure got him. And he became one of the greatest players in Bonaventure history. He was solid all four years. And the culmination of that was the Bonnies going to the NCAA tournament in 2012 on a miracle run through the A-10 tournament. And now, on reflecting 10 years after the fact, the Bonnies have been solid, solid under Schmidt. They are one of the leaders in the conference and conference wins over the last seven years. They went to the NCAA tournament in 2018. They should have gone in 2016. Obviously, they went in 2021. And I expect them to go again in 2022. So it's been a remarkable turnaround. Schmidt has been amazing. He's such a nice guy, personable. He's an offensive guru, and he just loves his players. And he's a player's coach. The players love to play for him, too. And so it really, the only word I can describe is amazing because they've come such a long way. Not to get ahead of ourselves, because obviously this year is going to be huge for the St. Bonaventure program. But what do you think the next few seasons look like? Is this going to be make or break? This is the this is it. This is the big run. Or do you think there's opportunity to, to rebuild and reload for the next few seasons? I think he Schmidt brought in some great recruits um, that have the opportunity to develop and practice against these five studs that are going to be starting for the Bonnies this year. Quite frankly, I don't know. And the reason why I don't know is who knows what this season holds because. With the COVID year, these guys technically have two years of eligibility left. So who knows what happens this year, but do they stay another year? Does one of them stay another year? Does two? Who knows? What Schmidt has done over the last 15 years is remarkable. Can he keep things going? I think so. I think so, because he was in the absolute cellar, and now he's at the top of the conference, and he knows how to get good players to only have. He really does. So I don't see why things can't keep on chugging right along. 
but I, I, I don't want to go too crazy and make an outlandish prediction. But, yeah, I, I, I think the program's in good hands for the next couple of years. I don't know, man. This podcast is known for outlandish predictions. So if you had one, then this is the place to do it. But Yeah, um, unfortunately, I don't have a hot take like Petey Buckets. <laughs> actually, that being said, who do you think has the potential to give the Bonnies the, the biggest challenge this year in conference play? That's a great question. If I had to pick one team, and I'm sure I'm going to get made fun of for this, but I think it's Richmond. I think Chris Mooney, he's the longest coach in the league. He's a tremendous coach, and they've got a lot of pieces returning. Uh, they had a, just a really unfortunate year last year. They were ranked early after their early season win at Kentucky. And then the COVID bug hit, and it somewhat derailed their season. Two other teams that I always watch out for are St. Louis and Dayton. Uh, again, tremendous coaches, returning some key players. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bonaventure loses at Dayton, second game of the conference season. Um, the only real success Bonaventure has had at UD Arena was winning the Atlantic 10 championship last year. And also in 2016, when Jalen Adams erupted, erupted at Dayton, and the Bonnies beat the 15th-ranked Flyers on their home floor in February of 2016. Other than that, Dayton's been a house of horrors. <laughs> it feels like Bonaventure always loses there, but I digress. I think it's those three teams that could give the Bonnies some, some minor fits, but it's it's Bonaventure's conference to lose as far as I'm concerned. So let's get a little bit more off topic. So you just have a couple of questions to close things up. Uh, you want to kick it off with the first one, Sean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So you had said you don't have any hot takes, but just in case you wanted to air them out, you've thought of anything in the last few minutes. Is there any hot takes for St. Bonaventure that you want to address? Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be about the basketball team. It can be about like Olean or, um, or the fact that what all the basketball the, players were originally from the first St. Bonaventure team was football players. Yeah. Cole did some research on that apparently. <laughs> hey, the, I will say the spot of venture football team is undefeated since 1953. That is very impressive. That is a, that's uh, more, that's more wins or that's less losses than Alabama has. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no seriousness um, I, I, in relation to St. Bonaventure basketball first weekend of April 22, New Orleans, Louisiana. I think there's a chance for the final four. Wow, oh, okay. that is that, a, that is a huge hot take. Maybe, maybe you should make such a hot take that you buy your buy. tickets now, <laughs> or that, put some right. huge hot take. Yeah, right. I've got well, I've got my tickets booked for Charleston. There's a whole slew of Bonnies going down next month, and oh my gosh, the brown and white are going to take over yeah, Charleston I mean, Classic. It's going to be yeah. amazing. All right, uh, getting to the next question. If you've uh, listened to any audio from our podcast, we ask this everyone in a battle to the death, who wins? 100 clones of Joe Lenardi or one of all 14 A-10 mascots? <laughs> hmm. I got to go Joe Lenardi. Oh, wow. I think that is, we need to do a tally by, for the for the last episode, but I forgot what it was. We've had a lot of mascots recently. Yeah, I think I think that's maybe like the third or fourth Joe Lenardi. So I love Joe. 13. I, I love Joe. He's a great guy. He always supports the Bonnies. Obviously, he's a huge A-10 fan. He's a St. Joe's guy. He just published a great book on bracketology you guys should definitely read it it's fantastic and kind of outlines his crazy methods of picking the bracket and also it portrays a picture of what the committee's thinking as well terrific must read for you guys going a little bit away from that so recently don't know if you saw this in the news jeff bezos flying in space again 
He took uh, William Shatner with him as well uh, mm-hmm. last time. So if you, if Jeff, Jeff Bezos comes to you and gives you the invite, gives you the golden ticket to go into space, and you get to invite as your plus one anybody in the world, who would it be? Anybody in the world. Yeah. Well, maybe we should say like a celebrity. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be a celebrity. I mean, well, how about I give you two answers? Um, the first person I would like to go with me would be my brother. I think he would have an absolute thrill. So for, for context, my brother has autism and he loves amusement park rides more than anything. So he would be my number one choice above anybody. If I had to pick a celebrity, I would have to pick Derek Jeter. I'm a big Yankee fan. He's my, one of my all-time favorite athletes. That's awesome. Yeah. So how are you holding up after the, uh, the wild card game? Uh, depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, sure. and you know, what doesn't help things you guys Boston. is I went to school outside oh. of Boston. Right. Oh. So I was in, I was in Emmy territory all four years and boy, did I hear it after the Yankees lost. Yeah. That's, I'm, and, and to add to the flames, Boston beat Tampa Bay. Right? Yeah. So, so now they're, yeah. Which I don't think really anyone saw coming. And they're playing the Astros. The, yeah, the, yeah. the two teams that I cannot stand. We'll yeah. definitely be rooting for the NL this this year. <laughs> absolutely. Big, yeah, absolutely. Big game tonight, right? It's yeah. huge. Yeah. Huge game. I'm actually – I have the Giants. I want the Giants to win that one. Just Me too. I want the Giants to win too. Yeah, just kind of like the underdog perspective. And then also, since I'm a Vandy fan, they have a of grandson of actually – speaking of Boston, the grandson of Carl Yastrzemski – Mike Yastrzemski played at Vandy. So I didn't realize that. That's really cool. Yeah, no, he's really he's really awesome too because he didn't get called up to the majors until he was like 27 or something. Yeah, so, yes. So yeah. he was he's been a fun player to watch because he hustles everywhere. He's a lot of fun, <clears throat> and it's awesome that I mean he got called up at 27. And he's not like Trout, who's a phenomenal prospect. He's I mean he's living his dream playing baseball, and that's it's just awesome to watch. But yeah, John, I'm that's for the in this. And I'm I'm a Reds fan anyway, so I'm fine with rooting for the National League. I I just like how so usually in any episode we do, Sean finds some connection to the other A10 school with Vanderbilt. Like oh, Vanderbilt transfers going there. Oh, Vanderbilt player this and this. Sean had to take it all the way to the MLB to find a connection to get Vanderbilt in this episode, but here we are. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, no, I've America's pastime, right? Exactly. Yeah. I've edited out most of my Vanderbilt references throughout the podcast. Maybe I'll go back and <laughs> add them back in for the for the uh, compilation episode sure. that we have later. But yeah. Oh, we didn't sneak. You're sneaking oh, no. that <laughs> Next question. Um, so you said you've been covering A10, uh, covering St. Bonaventure A10 talk for four years. Um, just from the outside, it seems like you've done a lot of cool stuff through that and also in general through like writing and working with the basketball team. Do you have like a favorite moment or like person that you met through all this? So actually really cool uh, I've had the opportunity to speak with both Woj and Mike Vaccaro and seek their advice nice. about the world of sports media and, and the insight they've offered is just so valuable to me. And I cherish those words. I actually, when I spoke with them, I wrote down about three pages of notes and I have that in my backpack every day. And every so often I'll check them out to kind of reflect and, and motivate myself a little bit and to make sure I'm doing the right thing. And that's really what, is awesome about the Bonaventure community is everybody looks after one another and you have those two uh, great, great people and so successful in their respective roles with ESPN and the New York Post. They're terrific. Uh, and that's been really amazing is to connect with some of these guys. In terms of my writing, 
uh, I think really the most fun I have is sitting in on the press conferences before every game, talking with the players, talking with Coach Schmidt, see how they're feeling, getting the vibe before the game. And I think the coolest thing that Schmidt always emphasizes is always, always give so much respect to his opponent, no matter if it's if it's a Canisius or a Fordham or VCU. He is always so determined, so prepared, so ready, and just giving the utmost respect to his opponent, no matter who they may be. So the theme of the podcast and this series is the A-10 road trip preview. So what we ask everyone is if you were to have like a road trip playlist for your, for your drive, what would be your top three songs? My top three songs. Well, gents, I'm really old school. My first song would have to be Blue Sky by the Allman Brothers. That's one of my all-time favorite songs. Second, my second song would have to be probably... Hey, hey, what can I do? Led Zeppelin. And then I think my third song, I'm going to go with Jumpin' Jack Flash, Rolling Stones. Wow. Very impressive picks. I like it. Yeah, I think that closes out this episode. Uh, Where can they find you, Jack? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore Milko or at 810 Talk slash Jack Milko. Sweet. Yeah, go check Jack out. Um, and lastly, to close off the episode, we have all of our guests give our Alexa's litter box roar or meow. Can you give a roar or meow to end the episode? Roar. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Finally, okay. big roar. There That's we it. go. All right. Well, Cole, that was it. I feel kind of I feel kind of sad that the road trips sort of coming to a close. We're now headed back home. Do you ever get sad like that when trips are over? You get kind of. Like just like a letdown. Who doesn't? But yeah, no, you know, we actually saw one more school to do though, right? Yeah, obviously. And it's the team that is going to win the A-10 outright this year. I know, but like, I'm like not looking forward to it because I have to do a lot of research. I don't know anything about this team. I really don't either, honestly. (laughs) Well, that's actually true. I know more about every single other A-10 school. But anyway, yeah. So Cole, I'm excited. We're doing Davidson as our last interview for the a10 road trip forever it's uh, not forever (laughs) i want to do this next year this has been a lot of fun i've I've loved getting to know all these uh different people around the a10 twitter community i love getting to learn about each of these schools love getting to i mean i've had so much fun with a whole cast of characters that i didn't even know existed but now i'm checking the umass reindeer twitter account watching curry hicks stage and the umass reindeer celebrate umass winning their first football game i'm watching that was crazy i'm watching our (laughs) friends at fordham celebrate a four-star commit wait no 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 way you mean george mason no did you not know about this wait this is a real (laughs) this is a real thing (laughs) cole Cole, in live time we were seeing cole react to the fact that fordham got a four-star commit i i've been taking a test like literally for the last few days because it was take home and i was like trying to minimize all screen time so wait is this for next season yeah Wait, is he ranked in the ESPN Top 100? I'm not entirely sure about that. I just saw that they get a four-star, and I saw all the reactions and stuff. But Dude, yeah. Kyle Neptune is goaded. Fordham has a third-best recruiting class in the A-10 next season. Cole is fine. Dude, they need to rank us because, because we have two commits, and they, they might be zero stars on 2 for 7 composite, but they're three stars on 2 for 7 It's okay. <laughs> but anyway, Cole, who are we talking to next week? So, yes, we're going back home to Davidson, North Carolina, the beautiful home of the Davidson Wildcats. We have Sam Goldfarb on next episode. Sam Goldfarb does commentating, and he also is great on Twitter. I'm super knowledgeable about the team. Uh, we had him on before. Super excited to have him back on again. 
if you're a fan of Davidson, you got to stop by to get in perspective and get hype. <laughs> so guys, thank you so much for listening. It's been, if you stuck with us this entire road trip, it's been so much fun. We appreciate all the support we've gotten. We've gotten like a dozen followers in the last week or something yeah. on Twitter. I mean, this has been so much fun. The amount of support we've seen from, from listeners, it's been amazing. So thank you guys so much for listening and go Wildcats.